So, um, in 1999, I, I wrote a uh, small portion of this book. Uh, but we, uh, we got all fired up recently, and uh, we put it together. Uh, we've had... Uh, we, have a, we have a new saying, by the way, in the office. Uh, uh, perfection is the enemy of progress. Uh, so because, uh, you know, because it wasn't perfect and because, uh, uh, you know, it still needed some, some tweaking and it still needed revised and it still needed this and, oh, I wish I would have had that in it. And this. so, you know, it's, it's, been, it's been years and years and we've never got it published. So uh, it's now published 243 pages uh, and it's up on Amazon and... Um, we are doing, we're doing a pre-sale today. We're giving you a portion of the first chapter. So we want you to buy this. We want you to read this book, uh, Move Your Mountains. We want you to read this with us over the Daniel Fast season. Uh, the blog will be based on the book as well. And uh, so it'll be a little bit interactive and uh, it'll be uh, encouraging for you as you go through it. And it's essentially, you know, coaching on how to move mountains, right? And uh, so it's, uh, it's drilling down a little bit on uh, some of the, uh, the Dwayne Wolf theology you hear around here uh, that uh, I think much of the body of Christ needs and hasn't heard. Uh, so it's cool stuff and fun, and we want you to get a copy today. So if you, buy, uh, if you buy a copy today, anyway, we want, we're doing a pre-sale, so we want you to get this today, $10, back in the back uh, as you're registering maybe for the summit, or we've got other Daniel Fast books back there too. We have some on health. We have the, uh, we have the New Horizon Inspire Recipe book back there as well with a Daniel Fast food section in it. And so the recipe book is back there. Those are $5. Uh, we've got a, a bunch of other books. Uh, I think you should just buy everything that's back there this morning. And it's all on sale. So these are $15.99 on Amazon. If you want to order one that way, you could bless us that way. That would be great. Uh, but if you want to order your copy today, it will be in this week. We will have it for you. I will be signing those books. You will have the first edition of Move Your Mountains by Restored Life Press. So uh, see us back in the back. Get, uh, get the first chapter and, uh, and dive in on that. Amen? That sound like fun? If you, aren't, or if you aren't signed up for the blog, we want to make sure that you are. So part of what we're doing with those clipboards is we make commitments to pray and, and, we, and we buy in on everything and we're just saying, yes, I want to be a part of this, is uh, uh, unbeknownst to you, we're signing you up for everything. So signing you up for the blog, signing you up for all that kind of stuff. So is that all right? So Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that we're called of you, anointed of you, empowered of you, we're graced of you, that you've called us to a high life, that we're sons and daughters of the Most High. We thank you that we're, that we're praying out of heaven, not to heaven today, that, we are, that we've taken up a residency with you. Our citizenship is from above. 
that we know your voice. We know the voice of our shepherd. We, we, we just rejoice in you. We rejoice in you. We put the past behind us. We agree our history, uh, our history uh, is powerless to hold us, to bind us. That our future is bright in you, Lord. Our future is bright in you. That the best is yet to come. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? So go over to, uh, go over to 2 Timothy 2.15. You can see I've got some props this morning. Um, so that's kind of fun. Uh, I was kind of hoping for a dirty one, uh, a really filthy toilet, and then I would just dump stuff in it, you know. Uh, but uh, Jonathan had one that was brand new. A neighbor, a neighbor responded to my little Facebook post and said they had a, a dirty one in the garage, but uh, I was kind of busy. It's kind of busy at the moment, and uh, going, getting it, retrieving it, packing it in here. Jonathan helped me out this morning. Thank you. So um, anyway, you all know what that is, yeah? So everybody needs one, yeah? Everybody needs one, but, it, you know, it really should be in kind of a special room that we distance ourselves from for the most part, and, and we dump stuff in this uh, that we really don't want to talk about right now. Um, right? So, it is, uh, this is not, uh, according to Paul, this would not be considered uh, in our homes a vessel of honor. Right? This is a vessel of dishonor. Uh, and yet, you know, in America, we like to keep them clean. Uh, if you go across, you, you go overseas, you see some pretty amazing stuff. Like, uh, they'll even wait for you uh, in the restroom while you're going with a spray nozzle. So that when you're done, they can spray things down. I mean, you know, you find some odd things out there, but but in America, we try to keep our our dishonorable items a bit tidy. Did you know this is where you put your paint, by the way, in Tacoma? I found that out by pouring paint uh, in my uh, storm drain one day. Yeah, you probably shouldn't pour paint in your storm drain. That was a long time ago when I was younger and less educated, but anyway... So the city of Puyallup came by and said, uh, uh, we got to bring in a vac truck now and suck that out. I'm like, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. So this is before they started issuing fines for dumping your paint in the storm drain. It wasn't like gobs of paint. I was just like rinsing a bucket. But a neighbor saw and probably called. You know. so, so they told me this is where you actually pour leftover stuff, like crud and yuck and, and leftover paint. So they said, pour it here, and then it goes to the affluent station, and then they treat it, and everything's fine. You know, don't, don't pour it out in the drain. We don't want to kill the fishies that are living down at the, the wetland pond. Is that all right? So we put a lot of junky stuff in here. Uh, we pour leftovers or crud, and this is not, you know, this is just one example of a vessel of dishonor. Uh, this is another one. And I did take the liner out, and uh, uh, there's some crud down the bottom. Yep, we've had this one a long time. That's a good vessel of dishonor as well. We'll put, you know, a lot of yucky stuff in there. Uh, and we might not really care what we put in there. I'm not talking about today's PC world where you want to separate the recycles from 
from the garbage. I'm just talking about, for the most part, when we've got a vessel of dishonor or something meant for garbage, we typically don't really care what's going in there. We just throw it in, right? Uh, and, and maybe some of us who spend another two or three cents, five cents per container might be putting a liner in there, and then we really don't care, right? Because I'll never have to rinse that thing. Let's go to 2 Timothy 2.15 and read this. And I want you to see kind of how it fits into this season and what we're launching, what we're approaching, what God's calling us to do, uh, how we want to deal with our own hearts. 2 Timothy 2.15, New American Standard. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth, but avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. Do you remember the proverb that says, uh, where there's much speaking, sin is unavoidable? Uh, so that's, uh, that's maybe a little bit of a, a fitting thought with this here as well. Where there's much chatter... It'll lead to further ungodliness, and their talk will spread like gangrene. So now he's talking about somebody, people that do this, of whom he's calling us to separate ourselves from. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place. Oh, so now it's not just empty chatter or worldly talk, but it's also those who are talking foolishly with regard to the word of truth. They haven't accurately studied, so now they're just kind of yapping about things they don't really know about. If they would have studied the word of God, they would have been workmen who wouldn't need to be ashamed. They'd be handling the word of truth rightly. They're saying the resurrection's already taken place, and they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows who are His. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and earthenware, some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these, these things, these that I'm mentioning, these, and it's really this whole passage, by the way, I, I, I could have gone all the way to verse 1 in this chapter and it would have been relevant. Because all the way through this chapter, he's talking about stuff to avoid, Stuff to step away from, stuff to get out of your life, stuff to cleanse yourself from, all the way through this chapter. So now he's saying, if one will cleanse himself from these things, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. A vessel for honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Then he polishes off this one little portion. Now flee from youthful lust, 
and that could be sexual. When we, heard, when we hear the word lust, a lot of times our brain goes sexual, but lust just means strong desire. Flee from the strong desires that you had foolishly in your youth. Flee from that. And pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. I think one of the appeals that we could one of the appeals that we could get out of this is that in this love happy day and that we're we're in a love happy day we've been preaching uh, the love of God for about 30 or 40 years we've been preaching unconditional love for about 30 or 40 years and and so uh we've been in a love fest it's it's a good love fest it's, it, I like it uh, I don't think we can get too much of it honestly but it's totally one thing to be loved of God, to bask in the love of God, to know your love of God, and another thing entirely to be esteemed of God, to be honored of God, uh, to be honorable. Uh, God loves all of his kids, just as I love all of mine, by the way. But uh, some of his kids, some of his kids end up more honorable than others. Some of his kids end up esteemed higher than others. Some of his kids he esteems higher than others. And some of that is because though we used to be a lot like this or this, and we would just dump anything in. Anybody hear what I'm talking about? We would just dump anything in. Oh, anything profane, any unclean joke. Uh, any unclean thought, uh, we would just accept. We were a dumping ground. We were a little porcelain potty. Uh, come on, you've even heard the you've even heard the phrase "potty mouth." What do you, what do you think that was talking about? So even though uh, maybe we didn't even protect what was dumped in, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we're just a pile of garbage anyway. I mean, before we came to the Lord, we didn't have the esteem, the honor, the inward lift, voice, calling, unction, desire, and drive, or knowledge that we were a vessel of honor. And so we were just a dumping ground. We were just tasting of all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff was just dumped in us indiscriminately, and we just accepted it, and there we were. But it was part of being, remaining, walking as a vessel of dishonor. And now you're called to be a vessel of honor. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 19 and 20, I was going to go there, but I, I won't, but I'll just kind of quote it to you. You know, it says, you are not your own. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. You and I, we are not our own. We are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Glorify God in your temple, in your new revised temple. In your new revised temple. Here you are. You are no longer a garbage can. You are no longer a toilet. You're no longer a potty instrument. You are now a sanctified, called, set apart, glorious 
instrument, vessel of honor that God has called and set apart, right? But even as Paul's writing this to Timothy, we likewise, we have to recognize what he's saying. We have to recognize the calling. We have to recognize this this holy set-apart desire that he has for us and then respond rightly by, he says, cleansing yourself. He didn't say, beg the Holy Spirit to cleanse you. He didn't say, uh, 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 you know, this, this, are you with me on this? He didn't say, wait for the Holy Spirit to, you know, just, you know, there's grace for you. It's going to be fine. He said, no, you cleanse yourself. Recognizing the call of God on your life, recognizing who he's made you to be, what he's made you to be, recognizing now you are no longer this vessel of dishonor, but you are this glorious vessel of honor, and you carry the pure water of the Word, and you carry in you the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and you carry in you the very gifts of God. Therefore, you examine your vessel. Cleanse yourself. Don't let just anything come in. And I think this is part of what God would be saying and how to launch into this next 21 days is what about me is profane? What about me am I allowing? What am I tolerating? Remember the instruction to, to, to the church in Revelation 3 concerning Jezebel? And, and it's interesting, you know, what God says is that I have this against you, that you're tolerating that woman Jezebel, that you're tolerating. This is, this is interesting because that, that word, you know, what are we tolerating? What are we allowing that is actually... It, it's profane. It's not right. It's, it's unclean. And as we, as we move into this time of fasting... We're saying, okay, well, I'm going to set aside things that are legal for me. It's legal for you to eat meat. It's legal for you to drink wine. It's legal for you to, you follow what I'm saying? It's legal for you to, to have a sweet roll or to have some sweets or to, to have, you know, a cookie. or to have, that's, that's legal for you, right? Uh, in moderation. So we're approaching this in two different dynamics, two two. A collaborative dynamics. One is I want to set aside the things that are profane, that are harming, that are hindering God esteeming me. I want to be esteemed of Father. I want to be esteemed of Father. I want to be so esteemed of Father that He lets me in on secrets. That He lets me in on secrets. See, whom He esteems like this then the secret of the Lord is found with them. And that's what Daniel tapped into. But then it's also setting aside the things that you're legal to, the, the things you're legal to part, it's legal for you to partake of. In the book of Daniel, and I was reading on this a little bit, and, and uh, one of the commentators was saying, well, Daniel was, you know, he was a vegetarian, he was already vegan. Uh, but, but why then in chapter 10 that is, does it say that for 21 days he, would, he was going to go without meat? Why would it mention that he would set aside meat if he didn't eat meat? Well, that blows that one right there, the commentary. That blows that commentary right down the toilet right there. No, 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 no. 
It was, it was okay for, he, he had a kosher diet. He had a kosher diet. There's no doubt about that. He, he's living as a Jew in Babylon. But nonetheless, he set aside something that he was entitled to for something greater, for something higher. He was choosing a meat from above. Remember in John 4 and 35, and Jesus is there ministering to the Samaritan woman, and they haven't had something to eat, and, uh, and he's, he's getting these downloads from Father to this Samaritan woman, and he's ministering to her, and so they're, they're concerned that he's starved, and so they go into town, and they get some McDonald's, and they come back to Jesus, and they're like, hey, we got you some lunch, and he says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. There is a meal for you in the Spirit that's more satisfactory and there's something, and, and, and what, what throughout Scripture, one thing that meat represents before the Father is meat represents carnal desire. That's why when the fat is burned up in the altar, it, Father receives it as the burning up of carnal desire. You offering your sinful nature to the Lord. And so when we set aside meat, there's something powerful here. And when we set aside sweets, we're actually saying, Father, you're my sweet. Lord Jesus, you're my sweetness, right? And we set aside meat, we're saying, uh, uh, I'm setting aside the flesh, the needs of the flesh, the desires of the flesh, for something higher, for the meat from above, from the meat from above. And so this is what, this is what Daniel was doing, and, and it made him fit in. It made him fit in to what Paul wrote to Timothy about, highly esteemed, highly honored. Daniel chapter 1, uh, uh, just briefly, Daniel chapter 1, you know that, that he is chosen and called to serve in Nebuchadnezzar's court. So uh, Israel is, uh, or... or uh, the Jewish people are taken captive, and, and they're hauled away, and, and uh, Jerusalem is overthrown, and it's under siege. And uh, Nebuchadnezzar says, I want you to pick four, and this is what he says to his commanders, right, Daniel chapter 1, pick some of the young people out of royalty who will serve in my court. And Daniel starts in chapter 1, and I would encourage you to read the book of Daniel during this 21-day period, but he starts... Uh, he starts tapping into something right then. He starts right then tapping into something with regard to and standing for something with regard to prayer and a restricted diet so that God will set him apart and so that he'll be esteemed and honored. That starts in chapter 1, and it continues. Chapter 9, we pick up something really cool where, where the angel actually tells us what God thought about him. Chapter 9, let's go there. Out of the New International Version. In the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over Babylonian, the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the Scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. Do we have this for the screens? No, we don't. We do. We don't. We do. Hallelujah. Look at you. Verse 3, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition 
in fasting in sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. Now he goes through and he recites the sins of his people. That's several verses here. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read that. But essentially, uh, if you read that, it sounds a lot like uh, about 50% of the church in America. Um, why'd you say that? Well, because not every building that says church, nor every building that gathers those called Christians, actually is walking with the Lord as we are in this building today. That's not a prideful statement. It's a sad statement. And so even as we think about, in that day, he's concerned about Israel. He's concerned about He's concerned about his people. He's concerned about uh, they had gone into sin, and God had promised, Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy 28, God had promised that if they turn away from him, that he will send enemies to overtake them, and they'll be hauled into captivity until they repent. By the way, that's what Second Chronicles seven fourteen is about. That's Solomon. Solomon's, you know, they got this big prayer going on. Uh, and this big offering of a thousand sacrifices. Uh, and, but he says, you know, he says in that passage, if we turn away from you, if we turn away from you, if we are sold into captivity, if, if, we, if we harden our hearts and turn away from you, then if we will then humble ourselves and turn from our wicked ways, and if we will pray, then you will heal the land. How many of you know that passage? Second Chronicles 7, 14. It was in this context of God promised that he'll help us if we continue with him, but he cannot protect us from our enemies if we discontinue, if we break covenant, if we break relationship. So Daniel's praying about this, and he's bringing it up before the Lord, and he's reminding the Lord of his mercy and his grace and his kindness, and, and he's, you know, he's just bringing us before the Lord in petition as we should be doing over America over the next 21 days. With diligence, with faithfulness, with strategy, with vision, with a loud voice, we should be reminding the Lord of his promises over our nation. Verse 17, now, Lord, hear our prayers and our petitions, the petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, Lord, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We can say that today, Lord, that the church should be raised up again. Lord, that the church should be strong again, that the word would be preeminent in our nation again, Lord. Look at our situation, Father. Come on. Don't you long for some changes in the spirit realm? Don't you long for a church that is triumphant? Come on. And what I love, verse 20, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for, on his, for his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice, and he instructed me and said to me, 
Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As, and, and as soon as you began to pray, a word went out. You are a heaven mover. You are a heaven mover. You are a spiritual shaker. You are a you are a epicenter in the spirit of God. You're just as significant in your day as Daniel was in his. And look what he says, as soon as soon As the word, as soon as you begin to pray, verse 23, a word went out, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Then he goes on with the rest of that chapter to give him insight. I think everybody's loved. Everybody in this room, you are, you are equally loved, by the way. You are equally loved. But not everybody's going to hear from God. Not in the same way. Not everybody's going to be esteemed in the same way. But there's a way to move into that category where you're hearing. There's a way to move into that category where you're esteemed, where you're honored, where your heart is receiving the downloads of heaven, vision, instruction, wisdom. What is it? What is it? Well, for one, it's to cleanse yourselves of those things impure, those things profane, those things common to everyone else, common to earthy people. Cleanse yourself. And then Daniel shows us another key is to set aside, not because you have to, but because you yearn for his fulfillments. You yearn for His Word. You yearn for His accomplishments. You yearn for a partnership with heaven more than you yearn for the tastiest steak and the sweetest sweet roll. Come on. Anybody in the room want that? Anybody in the room want that? Six things cause you to be esteemed and honored by God. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and help us close. Number one, prayer. Prayer is honorable. Prayer is honorable and causes you to be esteemed by Father. It's not the most common thing in, in the Christian community, believe it or not. Lots of Christians doing three-minute shout-out, doing a five-minute praise hallelujah. Prayer. Prayer, seizing your life for prayer. 
which is essentially coming into a place of working with Father to bring forth breakthroughs in the earth. Prayer causes you to be honored. Number two, concern for people. Concern for people. Concern, you see it with Nehemiah, you see it with Daniel. Concern for people. Concern for answered prayers. Concern for promises fulfilled. Concern for people. Concern for others causes you to be esteemed and honored and causes you to be visited by God. Number three, concern for the fulfillment of God's promises. It's honorable, it's to be esteemed. Father, here's a promise that hasn't come to pass. But I'm not going to stop reminding you. I'm not going to stop believing. I'm not going to stop bringing it before you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to partner with you, Father. Number four, taking time to address all of the above. It's honorable. But I'm, I'm, I, but I'm so busy. I've got so many things to do. Taking time. I want to live an esteemed life. I want to live an honored life. I want to live a life that, that catches Father's attention. I want to live a life that allows me, welcomes me to receive more downloads from heaven. I don't want more crud. I don't want more potty. I don't want more poo. I don't want more paint dumped down me. I want more from above. I want something fresh. I want to be a vessel that he can pour into. And when I take the time with Him and the Spirit, then more is poured in. More is poured in. Number five, reducing distraction is honorable. This is the model of Daniel. This is the model. Reducing distraction is honorable. Reducing distraction. The enemy is a genius at pulling your, our attention away from the, the number one business of the kingdom prayer, communion, fellowship, walking with Father. He's a genius at pulling us away. Reducing distraction is honorable. Father's eye is looking across the earth for those who will reduce distraction a little bit and open the flask of their vessel and say, I want more. I want more. Not I don't have time for more. My lid is not on. I'm too busy. I'm reducing distraction. I want more. Number five, tailoring a diet. It's not crazy. It's not goofy. It's not loony. Tailoring a diet with healthy food, light food, low sugar food, low fat food is honorable. It's honorable. The book of Daniel is all about it from chapter 1 all the way to the end. It's honorable. Let's stand this morning. You're going to be a part of this in some way or another way. Maybe that, that's you. You're just saying in your heart, yeah, I want to be a part of this. And I want to invite you to the front quickly as we just launch into this all across the auditorium. just to consecrate ourselves unto the Lord and say, yes, Lord. I want to be useful to you. Setting myself aside. I'm setting myself apart.
as a vessel of honor, as a vessel of honor to protect not only what comes into me, but protect the dignity, the honor, the esteem that you've put on me by calling me to be a vessel of honor. You've called me to be a vessel of honor. I'm not going to just let anything be dumped into me. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to open up my heart. Let's sing this this morning. And as we do, just present ourselves to the Lord and just say, yes, Lord. Sanctify these 21 days. Sanctify these 21 days. We want these 21 days to be set apart, special, unique, different. We want these 21 days to be rich. We want to hear from heaven. We want to correspond with you out of heaven, Lord. We want to partner with you. We want to pray and petition even as you would have us to do. We want to prophesy and proclaim and decree out of heaven and from your very throne, Lord. So we open our hearts. We open our lives. We open ourselves up to say yes to you, Lord. We ask for the grace even this morning. We ask for the grace. Grace on our work schedule. Grace on our family schedule. Grace on every part of the natural, the practical side of our lives, that there would be a grace. We agree and receive a grace this morning to, to partake and to participate and to partner with you in the practical side. Those elements of the practical side, the elements of diet, the elements of food, exercise, strength, vigor, none of that will harm, hinder, stop, restrict what it is we're setting our hearts to do. We just agree for that right now in Jesus' name that your grace is sufficient, your strength is sufficient. It's more than enough for us. And this will be the richest season we've even had yet. This will be the richest season we have had yet. This will be. Come on, this is going to be like no revival you've had. Like no revival you've had. Like no revival. Like no quickening you've walked in. This is going to be a rich season. This is going to be a rich season.
great is your faithfulness faithfulness i'm still in your hands and this is my comfort i want us to sing it again your promises god oh your promise still stands and great is your faithfulness faithfulness oh i'm still in your hands and this is my confidence you've never failed oh hallelujah oh